Hey, it's Melissa here, the host of the Filled with Gold Widow podcast. I've had an amazing time doing this podcast, and I'm so grateful for all of you who have listened and supported me along the way. As you might know, I've been working on a new podcast with my two widow besties, Kim Murray and Jen Zwink, called the Widow Squad Podcast. And I've made the decision to focus all my energy on it. The Widow Squad Podcast is a show that provides a space where widows can come together share stories, and find comfort in knowing they're not alone. It's a show we're really passionate about and hope that you'll give it a listen. If you've enjoyed Filled with Gold, I know you'll love the Widow Squad podcast. It's the same kind of honest, heartfelt, and sometimes funny conversations that you've come to expect from me. But it's also a show that will give you a deeper understanding of what it means to be a widow. So if you're ready for a new podcast, I hope you'll check out the Widow Squad podcast. You can find it on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're not ready to say goodbye to the Filled with Gold Widow podcast, you can always go back and listen to all the old episodes. Whether you're a recent widow or have been on this journey for a while, we're here to support and empower each other. So come join us. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you on the Widow Squad podcast. You're listening to the Filled with Gold Widow podcast the show that puts you in touch with expert resources to support you in moving forward after the death of your spouse and life partner. I'm your host, Melissa Pierce. Let's dig in. Hi, Filled with Gold Widow podcast listeners. Jamie Metzger is joining us on this episode. Jamie is a former academic, current wino, which we'll be talking about later, and sometimes writer. After losing her husband, Bill, suddenly in 2019, Jamie launched her grief coaching practice to help other widows on the younger side of life navigate what comes next. Her book, Salt and Ash and Honey and Magic, is about her journey with grief. In addition to her memoir, Jamie writes poetry and travel articles and is hard at work on her first novel. Well, thank you for being here, Jamie. I really appreciate you giving us some of your time and and sharing your story with us. Thanks. Thanks. It's an honor. Yeah. Um, if you wouldn't mind just um, going into a little bit about how um, how you became a widow and the story around that. Sure. Um, so I am a wino. I'm a, a wine professional. So I just say that because it sounds a little less obnoxious than yeah. saying you're a wine expert or something. <laughs> uh, so in March of 2019, um, there were a series of wine events, uh, the Great Wines of Italy, which is kind of a big deal. And I had finagled my way into working them. Um, So I flew to Miami on the morning of March 7th, 2019, um, because I believe the event was the next day. At the time, my husband and I were living in Oakland, California. We're originally from New York, but we moved out to California in 2015. And we had just bought a house up in Lake County, north of Napa. We were super excited. We found this beautiful place, beautiful views. And it was just us and our dog. We don't have children. So we were just perfect little place. And Bill and I would travel back and forth to check on the house because we weren't living there full time yet. Um, We did have somebody living there on a small uh, uh, little unit on the property to take care of it when we were not there. Anyway, so Bill was going up to the house that day to check on it. And, you know, we texted constantly um, throughout the day. I told him when I landed, we talked, we laughed. He texted me when he got up to the house 
And then I was out to dinner with a colleague and I got a text from the man taking care of our property telling me to call him immediately. So obviously I knew something really awful had happened. At that point, all he told me was that Bill had collapsed and that um, he called the ambulance right away and Bill was at the hospital. So my colleague took me immediately back to the airport. Uh, I was trying to get a flight home when the doctor finally called me and told me that Bill was dead. So I'm a very private person. So to mm-hmm. receive the worst news possible in the middle of the Miami airport is not the best scene for me. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get a flight out that night. Everything was booked. So I just had to go back to the hotel room and count down the hours until morning. Yeah, it was really bad. So obviously I was devastated. Um, we'd only been married for about four and a half years. We'd been together seven, but only married four and a half. And, you know, we had a great relationship. Everything was great. And then just to have everything gone, Mm -hmm. couldn't wrap my head around it. So I kind of threw all my efforts into seeing our vision for the house through. Mm -hmm. And I went up there every single weekend and I did a ton of repairs and renovations and got it in the shape we wanted to get it in. So Klaus and I moved up there on July 28th, 2019 and And Klaus is your dog. Yeah. Our little dog who, who he and Bill were so attached. He was Mm -hmm. devastated. He kept Mm -hmm. looking for him and he was there when Bill died. So I'm sure he knew what happened. So we go up there and it's just me and Klaus and exactly one month to the day after moving up there, Klaus is killed. So when I found his body, I snapped Mm -hmm. and I um, buried him between two pear trees that Bill had planted for our anniversary. And I put the rest of Bill's ashes in with him and I left and I, I only went back to pack things back up again and uh, put the house on the market. I, I just couldn't be there. So basically, long story short, but within six months, I lost my husband, our dog, the house, and then my job because I just couldn't function. So oh, yeah. pretty much everything was gone. Oh, that is the epitome of the screen just going dark. It was, yeah. I had just started to feel like maybe I could survive. And then I found Klaus and I was like, mm-hmm. I can't do this again. And I also couldn't, I didn't want another public round of I'm so sorry. I just, mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. I was so exhausted. So yeah, I just kind of was lost for a while. I was literally just driving all over the state. Just no idea what to do. Or where to live or. Yeah, I was living out, like out of Airbnbs and motels because I had no idea what to do. Like I had to sell the house. I didn't know where to go. We had nobody in Lake County. It was just us. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go back to Oakland because of all the memories there. Right. Where am I going to go? I could go back to New York, but it had been so long. I'm from Long Island. It had been so long since I lived mm-hmm. there. I-, I was just completely at a loss. So did you have, so this is 2019. We know that 2020 is the pandemic. So did you have like support around you during this time or what, what was that? What did that look like? So, yeah, I mean, I have, even though we're not physically close, I have, amazing friends around the world. So, um, you know, we spoke earlier about traveling and stuff. Uh, one of my dearest friends was going to stay with me for Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. because Bill was a chef. I'm in wine. That was a really big holiday for us. So I have a dear friend in Paris who's going to come and stay with me because it's not a big deal for him. And when Klaus was killed, he said, 
well, why don't you just come here? And I was like, yes, yes, yes. Just get me out of here. So he was an amazing help. Um, Our landlord in Oakland turned out to be a very good friend of ours as well. Um, They were incredible helps. Um, My mother was amazing because she had been widowed very suddenly as well. Um, My friends just, we had a memorial back in Buffalo where Bill was from for him, a luncheon there. And my friends just handled everything. They just Mm -hmm. were like, do you want any say? And I was like, nope. And they're like, done. So they just handled everything. We set up a scholarship in Bill's name and they handled everything. So I had support like that, but Mm -hmm. as far as actual grief counseling, Mm -hmm. no. Yeah. Did you, you eventually get to that point or you, you never like you're, you're a coach, you're a a grief coach and it sounds like you're helping widow, younger widows um, to, to navigate life. So how did you seek out coaching or counseling or anything like that? Well, I have a lot to say about the healthcare system here. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it's not very good. My insurance at the time offered grief counseling of a half hour every other week. Mm-hmm. And the first time I went, the doctor literally had a checklist and that was it. And she was just making sure I wasn't suicidal. It was yeah. essentially preventing, helping prevent the insurance company from being sued. Um, which if you're not feeling suicidal and someone, when you're feeling that awful treats you that coldly, they'll mm-hmm. probably push you towards it. Why? Oh my gosh. I know. So, yeah. So, um, I, I couldn't, that's why I decided to do what I do now is because I, I couldn't find anything that was a good fit. Most mm-hmm. of the groups I found were not intentionally, but by necessity, um, with older people. Right. And it's a very different life circumstance if you have adult children versus being alone. Mm -hmm. Um, Or they were geared towards people of faith, which I'm not. Mm -hmm. And um, it's certainly not a judgment call on anybody. But for me to be told he's with Jesus now, you may as well tell me he's with purple. Like it it has the same meaning to me. Mm -hmm. So I just could not find a good fit. And I just kind of muddled through. By the end of the year, um, I worked with a life coach. Just because I thought I I have to form some plan because my life is mm-hmm. wide open, right? Like everything. It's the future. Is open. It's like the future tripping, and you're like, "What does this look like now?" Like yeah, I and had, it was everything. Yeah. It was yeah. it was the house, overwhelming it was my job. It was everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So I did work with a life coach, and that's why I thought, hmm, you know, maybe there's there's clearly a need. I can't be the only weirdo out here like this. So um, yeah, so that's how I I got into it. Yeah, it's kind of like choose your own adventure. I was 44. Um, very sudden. Dave's death was very sudden. And um, I ended up paying out of pocket for grief counseling. Yeah. It's like, I just, I know what I needed. And the the medical establishment was not able to provide it for me. And I'm like, okay, this is worth it. I need to do this because I'm having a nervous breakdown. And yeah. and there's not a, there's not a lot of people in our particular circumstances it's not your standard, you know, trajectory of life. So, yeah. so we'd kind of fall through the cracks. So, yeah, yeah. I did um, find a grief uh, uh, counselor that was not covered by my insurance and I was happy to pay, but um, she hadn't experienced what we've experienced mm-hmm. and she was pleasant, but she would ask me questions like, well, why don't you want to be crying all the time? And I'm like, cause it sucks. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> what kind of question is that? There's not enough water for me to drink to keep hydrating myself. You know, isn't that one of the weird things you find out is how dehydrated you get yes. from crying? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a weird yeah. one. It is a weird one. Yeah, that's why you know that's kind of one of my uh, go-to self-care. Uh, you know, if anybody asks, like, drink water. I know it sounds <laughs> weird, but hydrate. You got to hydrate. Yeah, I went through yeah. three bottles of water in the uh, hotel room in Miami that night. Yeah. I was just so surprised how dehydrated it was. Yeah. Well, did anybody uh, to go back to Miami when you're like you can't get a plane out? That must have been excruciating. I can't even imagine. But was there anybody that? You said you're very private, but were you able to bring anybody in to let them know what had happened or anything like that? Yeah. So the colleague that was with me was amazing. And he offered to stay up all night with me if necessary. But um, he also had to work the event. We were there for the next day. So I was like, you know, I can't do that to you. You you have to still work and hold Mm -hmm. it together. Um, My friend in Paris, I called because uh, it was the middle of the night. And he was the only person I could think that would be awake due to the time difference. Mm -hmm. So I asked him to call some mutual friends and he did. And even before that, like from the airport, obviously I had called my mother. I had called Bill's immediate family members. I had called the people I could. I just couldn't talk beyond that. Yeah. So, you know, people were checking on me, but I couldn't say anything. Right. I just couldn't make sense of anything just yet. Yeah. You just needed to get on a plane and get across the country. Mm. Yeah. I still feel bad for my seatmate. <laughs> I was wondering about that. You know, like I have an upcoming trip coming up and I'm like, well, you know, what would I do in that situation? Or, you know, that's always kind of a thing for me. It's like, if I'm away from people, I kind of have a sense of panic. And so I'm like, oh my God, what if I would have to take a plane yeah. and a plane ride? What would, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. My poor seatmate. I mean, he was probably like, what is wrong with this human? Cause yeah. I was just like curled up fetal weeping the entire way. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, well, tell me about your book. And I'm really curious about the title, Salt and Ash and Honey and Magic. Where does that come from? Those words mean something. Yeah. So there's um, a Tunisian musician, Dafer Youssef, whose music I love. And honestly, I have no idea how I even came across him. But uh, the brief time I was living up at the house, I was just kind of listening to his music and working. And he had this song called... um, which just means honey and ashes. And I thought that's a very succinct summary of life. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of kept playing with that term around in my mind. And I was, I was just driving all over the state. I thought, well, everything's burning right now. So it was a little bit more to it, ash. And then I also just thought there's all that stuff we can't explain. And I, you know, I'm not necessarily a believer, but there's a lot that we just can't explain. So that to me was the magic and also the magic of just reaching into the depths of your soul and being able to get through all this. Mm-hmm. And I guess the title was too playing with the concept that each component alone can be beneficial or harmful if it's too much. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, salt is used for flavor, but also can corrode, mm-hmm. um, you know, ash can be seen as after devastation, but it can also be used for fertilizer. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of just playing with those terms and um, yeah, kind of how life works. So what is the the crux of the book? I mean, is it yours? It's your story. Yeah. Right? And how yeah. and how you moved through. 
Yeah, and and like really just paying attention to, uh, I'm not going to say signs from the universe, but things that I hadn't thought of that were suddenly resonating very, very deeply. Um, because when everything is blown open, it's it's almost stifling. You don't even know what to decide. When mm -hmm. you're faced with limitless possibilities, it's almost impossible to make the choice. Mm -hmm. So just kind of like, yeah, trying to clue in and really listen to myself and what was feeling right and what wasn't. Yeah, it's a very vulnerable feeling. And then it's very overwhelming because now you have all these, where, where, where do you want to live now? Right. I mean, you have all these choices. Yeah. You know, I could live anywhere in the world, you know, and and it, it can be almost where you're just paralyzed by. Yeah. yeah. By that. My mother actually thought I wasn't going to come back from Europe. She's like, I, I totally thought you were going to stay because why come back? And I was like, yeah, good point. Maybe yeah. I well, tell me about that trip to Europe. When was that? That was November of 2019. Um, okay. And I went for the month. Uh, I stayed at my friend's parents place they have an apartment in paris um but they live in the south of france so they mm -hmm. have the apartment available for friends and family so i know i'm very spoiled so um when my friend offered it i was like absolutely yeah um, and i used that as a launching pad and i went to portugal for a little bit and then down to morocco i just kind of kicking around but it, for me travel helps a lot because especially i don't speak Portuguese or mm. Arabic. So to be in two countries where I didn't speak the language really forces me to pay attention. Um, and it gave me a focus. And it also gave me a break from having to talk because I didn't know anybody. Yeah. So just being anonymous, it was, it was priceless. And another weird one is that it's very grounding because like, I felt like all of these people around me who knows what they're walking around with? Mm -hmm. Like they couldn't see what I was walking around with. So it, to me, it was like very almost humanizing and grounding. Yeah. And just forcing you to be present because exactly. you, you couldn't really, I mean, the fat, the past and the future weren't happening. The present was, and you had to like, I need to find a bathroom and I'm in exactly. Portugal or whatever I need to, how do I figure that out? You know? So being yeah. very, very present. Yeah. Mm. It, I, yeah. It always helps me a lot. Yeah. So what, um, it sounded like you had some really good support. What was like the most helpful thing as you, those early days and, and kind of beyond what was, what was most helpful for you? Um, a lot of it was, um, just checking in. Um, a lot of it was not, uh, the let me know if you need anything because that puts the onus on us. Mm -hmm. So it was just people checking in, um, one of my best friends lives up in the Bay Area, so uh, she'd just come over, and I tease her, she'd eat all my food, but she um, she would just come over and, you know, just be like, I'm here, what do you need? Mm -hmm. um, you know, some friends brought groceries, things like that, but just, yeah, the checking in, not expecting me to say anything, right? Um, letting me be a basket case if I needed to, mm -hmm. also letting me laugh when I needed to, because I, I've... a pretty fierce sense of humor so I can't exist without that and to expect me to just be the face of grief all the time and mm -hmm. not crack a joke I, I felt like I had to really be careful because people were like oh you seem to be doing great and I'm like 
No, actually. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> she just laughed. She just <laughs> laughed. She's she's on her way. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, no, yeah. this, this can all exist concurrently. Yeah. Um, so just, yeah, the checking in, the holding space, just being present is a big one. Yeah, that is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Just giving you the ability to just be where you're at. Not a, no expectations. Yeah. Yeah. And to not do the, oh, well, at least you guys had a great marriage and that at least the at least don't help like it's mm-hmm. I, I'm very aware of all that at least we had a wonderful marriage yes and now it's gone yeah you know, I can I can totally appreciate that I'm incredibly grateful for that I'm incredibly grateful for my husband but no, it's not here so yeah. it all exists at once and I think um unless you know that feeling I think it's really hard to understand it yeah I mean, that, I, I don't think any sentence should start with at least, comma. <laughs> yeah. no, at least comma that needs yeah. to go. Yeah. So when you, what did you feel like you needed maybe more of or something that you just didn't have and looking back on it, thinking like, gosh, this, w- this would have been kind of cool to have, or this would have helped me. And I just didn't have that. It would have helped me a lot um, before I moved up to the house. So that summer of 2019 before I moved up to the house because I might not have if I had really had somebody to talk through the possibilities with. Mm-hmm. I was just knee-jerk reaction to things. Um, I might have sold the house. I thought, I can't, you know, that's where he died. That's our place. I can't sell it. I have to see this through. But mm-hmm. thinking about it now was crazy. I mean, yeah. it was a big house and a big piece of property and just me up there. Like, I don't know. Anybody who's, yeah. I'd never owned a house before. Like it was, it was kind of crazy when I think about it. So I don't know, that probably would have helped quite a bit. Um, but I'm glad that I worked with the coach when I did, because I knew I didn't want to go back to work mm-hmm. and she kind of helped me think through different possibilities. Yeah. And, as a result, I got into grief coaching. So was your coach that you worked with, was that focused? Was it somebody who knew the widow experience? No, no. she was a life coach, but she was, she was good. She was very mm-hmm. empathetic. Um, and she wouldn't push me uh, if I was having a rough day. Mm-hmm. So she was helpful and yeah, just kind of helped me understand why I was seeing things a certain way and why I was kind of not opening up to other possibilities. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I really valued that. I thought she was really good. Yeah. Well, it, it had an impression because then you decided, well, I think I can do this for other yeah. people. So yeah. walk us through a little bit about coming to that decision and and kind of basically how you do what you do. <laughs> Well, it was weird because as I was kind of going through all this, several people said to me, have you ever thought about being a life coach? And I was like, no. Um, But then I I thought about, you know, life coach and I had focused for myself a lot on taking care of my body because when I'm feeling run down, emotions are even more overwhelming. So um, I knew that that was a component of it for me. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I just thought, mm, as I said, there's kind of a, a gap here. We are the ones who fall through the cracks. Mm-hmm. So I did a um, life coaching program. I guess, when was that? Uh, 2020. Um, I'm guessing at April I started of 2020. Mm-hmm. 
And then I did a specific to widow coaching um, around the same time. And then I took other like, you know, weekend grief coaching courses, that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. I really just wanted like a lot of tools because I think what's um, misinformed about several life coaching programs is that it's very cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. So I wanted just to have a lot of, a lot of tools that I could rip apart and remake to be able to really help whoever I work with. Um, And that's really about it. Honestly, I don't do any (laughs) promotion. I'm the worst at marketing and promotion. I just, I want people to um, feel comfortable with me. Not like they, I think a lot of, especially when people, it's interesting when people are grieving, I think they're very worried about hurting other people's feelings. Yeah. And when it comes to grief coaching, like we need people to be honest with us because if it's what what we're discussing isn't resonating, let me know. We can go in a different direction. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I really like when people have had time to explore my site because I think it's very reflective of my approach, my practice. And if it resonates, then I'm probably going to be a good fit. Yeah. And I think within this community, um, Word of mouth is huge mm-hmm. or, you know, organic, just finding somebody organically. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's such a unique experience and there's not many folks out there specifically coaching for this widowhood yeah. and all that comes with it, whether you have kids or whether you don't, whether you're young or old, um, so yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And that's just it. Like, I want to make sure that I'm a good fit for somebody. If somebody contacts me and we talk and she has say four children and she's struggling with that of, you know, how do I keep this all together with my children? I might not be a good fit because I don't have kids, but I can refer her to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Or if somebody contacts me and they are very religious and find comfort in scripture, Again, I'm not the best fit for that, but I do know somebody who is. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's about them, you know. It's not about right. it's not about me as a coach. It's about them. I want I mean, the whole reason I'm doing this is so they feel like okay, somebody gets me. Yeah, and you're comfortable, and then you're comfortable enough to share and yeah, um, you know, talk about all the you know the griefy things <laughs> and everything. You know, I mean, it it is. There's just so much there. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot. Yeah. So how do you? How do you kind of prioritize yourself or take care of yourself in, in all that you do, your, your writing, your, your coaching, you know, all the things, how do you really take care of yourself? What kinds of things do you do? The movement. I always, I always need to move a lot. Um, it's part of what I like about being in cities is I can just wander for hours and I'm good. Mm-hmm. However, where I live is not a city. So, um, <laughs> just hiking as often as I can, um, as I said, nutrition is a big one for me, making sure um, I'm well fed in a, in a tr- nutritional sense. Um, when I'm feeling tired and run down, I know I'm not at my best. Yeah. So really just that's, that's my priority. Um, writing for me is my creative outlet. So that's also like air. I need that. Mm-hmm. And then traveling mm-hmm. when I can. It was so after everything happened and I roll into 2020, I thought, okay, well, everything's gone. I'm just going to travel a lot. And then life said, aha, nope, no, you are not. <laughs> You're going to stay right here. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so thankful things are opening up again. 
Yeah. So where do you have any trips planned or do you have any special places you want to go to? Oh, I want to go everywhere. Um, but <laughs> there are very <laughs> few places I don't want to go. Um, yeah. So I do have a partner now. Um, we are going to um, Mexico in a couple of weeks for his 50th. Nice. Yeah. So we'll be there for a couple of weeks and then um, Hawaii towards the end of the year. And then I'm looking at a writer's retreat in France for next year. So that's hopeful. Not a done deal, but that's hopeful. Okay. So you're working on another book, right? Yeah. Is that right? Okay. So is that, what's that about? Do you care uh, sharing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this actually, again, this falls under, okay. I Let me rephrase this. I think one of the gifts that you can find in all of this is that when things are blown open, you can realize, well, why can't I do X, Y, and Z? And I've always written, but I've always written, but I've never attempted a novel before because it just seems so incredibly overwhelming. Um, but my partner pointed me towards a writing intensive through UCLA, and it, it was just like life changing. So um, I have a writing group now through as a result of that, uh, and I'm like 225 pages in, so it's it's getting real now. Uh, it, yeah, it's about actually the the culture gap between blue collar Long Island, which is where I'm from, mm -hmm. and um, the more elite aspect of Manhattan seen through the wine world. Okay. Yeah. So it's so fiction? Yeah, it it's fiction. Oh, okay. It is. Yeah, it's fic very fictionalized. The um, protagonist is a much more together version of what I would have been at that age. Oh. <laughs> I was not nearly that as ambitious <laughs> as she is. <laughs> oh, so when do you think that, I mean, I don't, I don't even know, like, writing a fiction novel how like 225 pages sounds like it's done to me I don't know how far are you into it well I, I kind of feel like you have to overwrite because then you have to trim stuff out so mm -hmm. I want to my goal is to get up around 300 um and hopefully by the end of this year hopefully I'm hopeful but it's now like the problem with fiction is there are so many moving parts but because mm -hmm. it's not real it's really hard to keep track of <laughs> right like if I say this in chapter seven does that make sense based on what happened and do I have the months right does the timeline work and oh. it's a lot to keep track of so uh so that's really more of the problem I'm having is like okay does this all track like are the dots connecting here right. and I feel like the the overarching plot does now so now it's more like really punching up the characters and rounding them out and making them more real people oh that's cool I can't wait to read that. Oh, thanks. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I'm excited about it. It's been fun. It's been really fun. Frustrating mm -hmm. at times, but super fun. Yeah. I mean, that is so true. I mean, you, before this, you probably never thought you would write a book. I don't know. Like no. a fiction novel. Yeah. No, never, never. Yeah. I find, I think you have to force yourself to make that conceptual leap, but mm -hmm. I do think there are a lot of um, beautiful things you can find in this experience. And I think mm -hmm. one is you realize how loved you are. Um, I mean, it's, I call it just like the cushion of love. Just let yourself mm -hmm. fall. Mm -hmm. um, there are plenty of people there to catch you. And some very surprising ones mm -hmm. uh, just come out of the woodwork and show up in ways you never thought they would. And that to me is absolutely beautiful. I also think it's beautiful that you get a very fundamental part of this human experience mm -hmm. on a visceral level. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just opening yourself up to 
all of these possibilities and you don't have to do any of them, but mm-hmm. you can try them and see what you love and what you don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is some beauty in seeing other humans who perfect strangers who just show up in the most incredible ways. And I'm then I, then I don't know. I found that like they came in and then they did their thing and then they left. Yeah. And it was like, are you an angel? Like, I don't, you know, like I would, I don't even know how to contact you, you know? Totally. <laughs> and it, it's, it just gives you, it just gave me such a um, feeling of warmth for, for humans, you know, just being so vulnerable. I'm somebody who likes to think that I'm got it all together and I clearly did not. And I was out of control and vulnerable states that I do not like, but I had people that, that comforted me and had that, what, what'd you say? The comfort, the pillow of, yeah, yeah. That was, I know I'll, I'll go back. I'll put it in the cushion of love. Yeah. Yeah, Cushion of love. That'll be a good quote, but yeah. 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 I think of it as like, I I don't know why I've, I've thought of this, but like, it's almost like a bumper. Yeah. And we're careening at like a hundred miles an hour and we're going to hit the wall, but the bumper of love kind of protects yeah. us a bit. Yeah. I mean, so a month after my husband died, somebody hit my car overnight and totaled it. Mm. So I go out to my car early in the morning and I'm like, what is happening? I didn't, my husband handled all mm-hmm. of that. I didn't know who our insurance was. I didn't know anything. So I'm having yet another meltdown. I finally figure out insurance. I call the insurance agency. The guy is asking me questions on the other end and I lose it. I'm just weeping. I'm like, my husband just died. I have no idea. And this angel out of nowhere just goes, ma'am, take a deep breath. I'm going to take care of everything for you. He said, I will call you back. Please don't worry about this. And he did. He handled everything. And he called me back like a couple days later, told me everything that they did, everything I needed to do. And that was that. Like, wow. It was yeah. just an incredible experience. I've never right. had an experience with an insurance company like that. Yeah. So yeah, these people just show up and sprinkle their magic and then duck then they, out. And then off they go to help, yeah. the, help the next person. Yeah. yeah. I think there's really people on earth like that that are yeah. very, yeah, very special. Magic. Yeah. Magic. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Stuff you can't explain. Oh, gosh. Well, I have so enjoyed our our talk. Is there anything that, uh, I don't know, something came to my, I'm going to see if I can word this out, <laughs> but something came to my head around Jamie now. What would you want Jamie back then to know? Jamie before he died or immediately after he died? Immedi- or both? Like after like or even both yeah whatever whatever comes to mind before he died ask him where everything is for the love of god <laughs> where's the if passwords I can, if i can say one thing to anybody listening make a will please mm-hmm. make a will it is a love letter from the beyond to your loved ones mm-hmm. because when they're in their worst emotional state to try to guess where everything is please 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 um, on the same, uh, Jamie immediately after don't try to save the world, let other people do it. Um, I was so determined to see everything through that. I just wasn't giving myself the time that I needed. I might've been able to handle losing Klaus better than I did, 
if I had, Mm -hmm. but I was just so like, okay, this is, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. And I'm very stubborn. So my focus was just me in class, me in class. And it never occurred to me that he might go away. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yep. I agree. Well, this has been so lovely. And I just want to thank you for sharing your time and your gifts. And I want everybody to know about widowwellnesscoaching.com. Thank you. Um, I just, I, I hope we stay connected. And thank you so much. I'm just, thank you so much for, for being on and telling us your story. The stories connect us. They really do. I think it's really helpful to hear stories. They do. And for anybody listening, um, if you feel like you're struggling, please have a look at my blog posts because like, I don't want that for clients. It's for everybody Mm -hmm. Um, because it's the same concept. Like some of it might make a lot of sense to some people who need it, not so much for others, but that's why it's there. Take advantage of it. That's why I post all this stuff because it's just my thoughts on the experience and it might help. Yeah. I was reading, I don't know what's the latest one. Cause I think you just posted it. Uh, it was the one before around routine and I, or something, but there was something in there about how maybe routine, can you talk a little bit about routine? I know we just, we're just kind of signing off, but um, I like routine, but that mm. doesn't work for everybody. And no, so okay, I so need to yeah. get off, I need to get off my high horse and my soapbox about routine because that's, that doesn't, it's not a one size fits all. So I don't know. Yeah. And I, I, routine is the killer for me. I Mm -hmm. love variation and, um, yeah, just getting out. So I guess for me, 2020, when every, after everything happened personally, and then to be locked down into the routine of a lockdown, I felt like I was losing my mind. Mm -hmm. I'm, (laughs) I don't know whether it's, short attention span or what, but I'm very much a like, Oh, let me try this. Let me look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, people are just different. And that's also, I think worth talking about with either a grief counselor or a coach is what your style is. Um, are you somebody that thrives on adventure? Are you somebody that really, really prefers the security of routine? Um, and it can also change depending on where you are. Like I know for a lot of us, after the tumultuous year that 2020 was, we were all like, you know what? I don't want adventure. I want mm-hmm. safety, security, mm-hmm. end of story. So, you know, they're always kind of like a balancing act and um, the seesaw might be higher on one end at any point in time. And it's just trying to figure out what balance works best for you. Yeah. Yeah. It is not a one size fits all. It, yeah. And kind of doing an assessment of, I've been getting into the Enneagram. I don't know if you're familiar mm-hmm. with that. This is, it's just a basically kind of how you move about the world, whether you're a caretaker or whatever, which I'm a caretaker, surprise, surprise. So just learning more about, you know, Myers-Briggs or um, any human design, there's all kinds of things just to understand, like, how do you, how do you see things? What works for you? What works for you may not work for somebody else. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And even with my coaching, that's, I kind of joke that it's the spaghetti method where I just throw everything Mm -hmm. to see what sticks Yeah, (laughs) because things are very different for different people. I mean, our experiences are similar. We were both widowed suddenly at 44, but nobody's relationships are exactly the same. Nobody's life experiences are Mm -hmm. exactly the same. So we might on paper have the same experience, but the way we processed it might be completely different. So it's really trying to figure out what, what works best. 
Right. And, you know, the state of the marriage, the state yeah. of the relationship could be could have been in flux, should, could have been great at that point or right. could have been struggling or whatever. We just don't know. Right. We exactly. Don't know. Yeah. don't know what else is in there. Yeah. 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 Well, boy, we could just go off, <laughs> go off on this, but um, <laughs> I'll let you get back to your day. But um, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, WidowWellnessCoaching.com. I'll have it in the listener notes. And uh, you take care. Thank you so much. All right. Okay. Thanks. And thank you, Filled with Gold Widow podcast listeners. If you'd like to hear more inspiring and helpful conversations like this, please subscribe, review, and share this podcast with others. Until next time, take care. Thanks for joining us this week on the Filled with Gold Widow podcast. This show is made possible by our company, Filled with Gold Self-Care Subscription Boxes for Widows. It's a box specifically created to support you with self-care in mind. Each box is filled with self-care products and resources to encourage you to deeply care for yourself during this time when you are rebuilding your life. You can find out more about the Filled with Gold subscription box at filledwithgold.org. And if you want a free widow self-care support guide to help you on this journey, head on over to filledwithgold.org and subscribe to our email list to have it delivered right to your inbox. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. This is Melissa Pierce, and from my heart to yours, take care of yourself.